welcome to Healing for Healers with Abby Wynn and Regina of the Land. And now a prayer. Father Sky, Grandmother Moon, please bless this healing space. I call on the four directions, the north, south, east and west, to hold us in the energy of love, compassion, beauty, healing, lightness and joy. I invite in the wisdom of the ancestors, angels, ascended masters and star beings to enrich our conversation, inspire us and use us as channels for light, love and healing. I call on Mother Earth, the star systems and all the planets to open the pathways so we may present to you the best, richest information. Have access to the highest vibration of healing energies. And offer what is most needed for those who need it right now. And so it is. And so it is. Hello, hello, and welcome to Healing for Healers. And this morning, or this afternoon, or this evening, or whatever time of the day you're listening to this, in whatever part of the world you're listening to it, you have the pleasure of me, Regina, today, and you have the pleasure of a friend of mine, Rufus the Bear Douglas. And I am delighted that the two of us are actually sitting here together as we record this, because Rufus is visiting for which I am really, really grateful. And it gives us an opportunity to catch up. And I thought it would be a good thing that we actually record a podcast together because I would love to introduce Rufus to you. And one of the things that I really, really, really enjoy about Rufus is the depth of knowledge. Yeah, she's sitting here laughing at the moment. It's the depth of knowledge she has. So I just thought it might be nice to uh, have a chat with her. And you can get to know her and um, I will be, Abby and I will be inviting her back on another day to talk about runes. But for the moment, may I introduce you to Rufus. Hello, Rufus, and thank you so much for joining us today. Hello, and thank you very much for inviting me and inviting me to do this, um, do this podcast. Well, we're delighted you're here. And it's interesting how we all have our comfort zone. And I know this is challenging for you. <laughs> a little bit, yes. <laughs> well, I'm delighted you took uh, you took time out any, anyway to do this. So um, I was trying to reassure Rufus that this is this is a chat, and the purpose of this chat is to find out how other healers operate and what works for them, so that somewhere you never know out of something Rufus says it might make more sense to you or something might click with you or something might be of value to you so that's the purpose of this so Rufus who are you and what are you? Uh, I'm, I'm Rufus Bear Douglas and I'm a shamanic practitioner and um, yeah I do lots of things I'm very into lots of outdoor stuff and for me the connection the shamanic connection comes from doing lots of practical things and um, so, yeah, that's, that's mostly what I do is lots of outdoor things and I run workshops and um, write and talk to people and I have clients. Um, yeah, that's what I do. OK, so that sounds like a multitude. So what would you classify yourself as? Um, a shamanic practitioner primarily. Um, 
and yeah, my Norse pagan and yeah, lots of things. <laughs> oh, I know there are lots and lots and lots of things, definitely. Um, what made you get into the shamanic side? Um, I was very ill a number of years ago, um, about 12 or 13 years ago, and I met somebody who was a very good shamanic practitioner. Um, and we, I was at a sort of some solstice evening thing, and he very blithely sort of said to me, like, you're not very well, are you? I can fix that for you. And at the time, I was very ill and in and out of hospital quite a lot, and I was quite cynical and sort of went, yeah, okay, then, well, let's see where this goes. And he started to do a lot of work with me, a lot of soul retrievals and things like that, and and I started to get better. And so um, I asked him to teach me, and he did. And so I undertook a seven-year apprenticeship with him, and um yeah, that, that was that was where it all started for me, was that sort of journey of my own healing um, that led me into learning how to help other people. I know. And um, the person you're talking about is um, he's passed since. Yes. And uh, he's helping from the other side, shall yes. we say? <laughs> <laughs> and truth be told, he's probably having a right laugh about this at this very moment. Absolutely. <laughs> It was somebody we both knew very well and um, he helped bring that to the fore in you and helped wake up so many latent abilities that you had. (laughs) Um, So what does being a shaman mean to you? Um, It's everything for me. It's it's a way of life. It's not something that I can pick up and put down. Um, And for me, shamanic connection is, is in like I said at the start, like a lot of practical things, an awful lot of practical everyday things, really. It's not something that I sort of take time out of my day to go and spend time doing shamanic things. Like literally everything becomes involved in that process. So I spend a lot of time, I do a lot of like foraging and walking outside in the woods, lots of outdoors activities. And all of those become a shamanic activity for me because they're all creating those connections with your environment and with the spiritual entities around you and with your ancestors and all of those connections are happening all the time via the means of all those very practical things. Yeah. And one of the things I admire about Rufus is the fact that she can walk in many worlds. What I mean by that is walk in many worlds is like a lot of us, you have a day job. Yes, I do. (laughs) And um, as part of that, you, you also bring part of that part of who you are into that role. And listen, Rufus is looking at me here quizzically (laughs) and she's like, what do you mean by that? Well, number one, you're also within your your role uh, where you work. You're also a mental health advocate. Yes, very much so. Yeah. So. Pardon? Yeah, that's that's quite important to me. Definitely. Uh, uh, Yeah. So this is where you can walk many worlds so you can help at um, on a day to day basis within your, you, you know, your your as I call it, the bread and butter. Yeah. <laughs> and then outside outside of that is then where you run your workshops and do the many different things in the crafts that, you know, I really, 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 really admire about you. One of the things was I actually heard about Rufus quite a bit before I actually met her. And um, every thing that I heard about her was around how wonderful she was with crafts and how wonderful she was uh, with regard to history and the Norse pagan and her depth of knowledge was phenomenal. 
And that's why I felt that you might enjoy having a chat with her today is because Rufus does actually know a phenomenal amount. So again, everybody has a different pathway. So everybody has different ways of looking after themselves and what they can do. So what was one of the biggest challenges for you, let's say, to become a healer? What was what do you think was one of the things that um, you felt you to overcome? Like, OK, I'm laughing even here now recording this. I know how uncomfortable you are doing this. Right. Uh, you're 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 like me. You you like to be doing it. You don't actually like to be talking about yeah, it. Yeah, Absolutely. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like uh, if we went out, uh, we're, we're actually going to head out afterwards to the Hill of Tara. So like um, Rufus would be absolutely brilliant if, uh, to build a camp, um, do 101 different things, show me how to sharpen knives, how to uh, throw knives, how to uh, forage in the woods, how to live, how to live off grid, you name it, she can do it. Uh, but sitting here, I know it's a challenge for you. What other challenges have you come across in uh, in your path to become a healer? Um, I, th- I think one of the biggest challenges for me was um, recognizing and accepting that my my way and my means of connecting were, was quite often quite different to a lot of people around me. So my teacher was he was quite the social butterfly and he liked to sort of <laughs> yeah. you know, we're doing his laugh like yeah definitely he liked to go to a lot of um, sort of holistic networking events and things like that and I spoke to a lot of people lots of events ceremonies and gong baths and meditations and all kinds of things. And I, I found it very hard to connect into those things. Um, and quite often I felt uncomfortable in those environments, sort of sitting there in these beautiful places, surrounded by scented candles. And in my heart, I just wanted to be sitting under a tree in the woods, smoking a cigar like that. that, that was That's my way of connecting. <laughs> that's much more me. Um, so I, I had to overcome that. And also, I think the biggest challenge there was overcoming a feeling that I was doing it wrong because I didn't connect with the way that all these other people around me were. So I was kind of like, you know, am, am I not getting something here? I, you know, am I am I not doing this right because I'm not feeling what these people are telling me they're feeling? But I am getting that feeling just in my own environment when I'm when I'm out like doing archery or jumping in the sea, open water swimming or something like that. Like, I'm throwing <laughs> axes. Yeah, like I, I I feel that connection, like I said, to my environment, to my ancestors, to to everything around me, so much more strongly um, when I'm in those environments and sort of in the beautiful kind of places in these beautiful decked out teepees and things like that that we used to go to I I, I felt very little and and it was overcoming really that feeling that I was doing something wrong because I didn't feel that and also to just go with what your heart is drawn to what where you're feeling those connections and that's not necessarily the same as anyone else's um and that's okay that's absolutely fine that's great um to trust that you know not everyone does it that way (laughs) <laughs> and you're right. And that's totally it, because, you know, your master, your teacher was somebody who, um, to all intents and purposes, looked very corporate. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he was very good at the sort of business side of things that um, was pretty clueless on. And, and he loved the sort of the meetings, networks, talking to lots of people. And, and I'm I'm quite, you know much more antisocial by nature. So, <laughs> so that's why I'm, I'm really honoured that you actually agreed to do this. And uh, no, I couldn't arm wrestle her into doing it. I had to cajole her because I wouldn't stand a chance of doing that. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's part of it is everybody has a different path. Yeah. Right. So um, an example being what does a typical week like healers, healers walk many paths. There are healers yeah. who have uh, who are there, you know, that's their that's their day job. That's it. But there are many healers who walk in many worlds at once. So what type of where does healing come in in your in your day, your week? And talk to me a bit about that. Yeah. Um, so a, a typical, well, on a day, a day to day kind of thing, I start each day really. And I'm, we're going to talk about runes a lot more sort of later on, but the runes are a massive part of my life and my path. So um, I, I start each day like, picking a room that is like a guidance for what I need to focus on that day. And I um, I tend to train most days too. I go to, go to gym and swim a lot and things like that. Um, I have my day job, as I said, in which I'm a, a mental health advocate. So that is really opportunities really to see if there's people that I can help in a completely different environment to, to sit in the woods. Um, and outside of that I sort of well it's December now there's not a huge amount of festivals going on and things like that but I mostly run my workshops at, at festivals and events and things and um do a few talks and places and about various things about Norse paganism and runes and crafty things and bush crafty things and all sorts of stuff really um so yeah I sort of plan for those, those things write come up with content and material for those and um I'm part of a group as well that is, is on like a year-long rune study program so we communicate a huge amount to that do lots of that and I, I have clients as well um like one-on-one shamanic clients so I see those two that's usually generally what I go to mm-hmm. and a lot of going out as well and connecting them like into the woods myself so I do a lot of foraging and um that kind of thing <laughs> I know she's uh, we're, we're laughing here because I'm giving her hand signals because what happens is um, I can see her thinking of the woods and she then leans back and is, oh, the woods. Oh, yeah, that's lovely. That's where I want to be at this exact moment in time. I do not want to be sitting there in Dublin City Centre with a microphone talking to Regina. <laughs> yeah, she's, uh, she keeps pulling away from the microphone. Um, <laughs> yeah, and that's real world. So, like, I can... Even like just chatting to you, I can see how the pull of the the woods are are pulling you away all the time. And I know that that is really, really, really important to you is to actually get out. Mm. Um, And we were off on a day trip yesterday and we were actually up off. Oh my God, up off of the Cooley Peninsula. And um, an example of how Rufus connects is because she's very, very tactile, physical. It was a case of take off your shoes and socks there and uh, let's go paddle in the Irish Sea, which at this moment in time is cold enough to shatter your effing ankles. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cold, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I put my hand in. There was no way I was putting my feet in. But uh, yeah, (laughs) there are things that you like to do Mm. to connect. And that's part of what keeps you grounded and helps you function. So that's on a 
on a regular basis, that's really, really important to you, which leads me into um, how do you keep good boundaries? Now, I know this, but you need to explain <laughs> that to others. <laughs> um, how do you keep good boundaries? Um, I think and you can gonna... tell somebody to F off. Yeah, I was going to say, I was determined to try and do this without swearing, which I tend to do quite a lot. I, I tell annoying people to fuck off mostly, you know. It's not just that. I, I think keeping good boundaries is about lots of things. And one of the large parts of that, I think, is knowing yourself, knowing who you are, knowing exactly what your boundaries are and noticing when people are creeping up on that. Um, so there's a certain amount of things that, to me, because of my North Pagan path, that are very important to me. Like what? Um, so there's sort of certain virtues that they sort of tend to live by a sort of code of, of honour and courage and hospitality and things like that. And um, I, you know, if, if people are too far away from having similar values, that becomes that becomes a challenge and I tend to sort of keep those people at arm's length. You know? <laughs> Fair um, enough. They, they, I, I'm not saying people have to have the exact same code as I do, but they certainly have to be a, an amount of crossover for that to be a, a, a decent amount of friendship you know with clients it's slightly different um but I think that again I'm going to bring reins into this you know, Please you know? Do. um I think boundaries are also down to um Gabriel the concepts of Gabriel which is a rune which means uh, the gift but actually it means like reciprocity and equal exchange of energy so um I think if you're giving too much of yourself and you're not receiving enough back from an exchange whether that's financially from a client that's paying you for for shamanic services or you know I've had people that have made things for me in exchange for things that I've done or things like that if there's not an equal amount of exchange of energy then your boundaries become transgressed and that's that's not a good state to be in because then you become depleted and you start feeling resentful or that people are taken from you so I think keeping an eye on the gabu of the situation would be the way that I would put it but um you know making sure there is that equal reciprocity in what's going on but that can take many different forms. That doesn't have to just be, we do this for this amount of time and that costs this amount of money. That can be lots and lots of different things. Um, so yeah, that would that would be how to keep good boundaries is just make sure there's a make sure there's good gay boo going on. Yeah, and also um, that is, <laughs> I'm laughing now when I'm thinking of boundaries because very very good examples. But I know I wouldn't like to meet you in a dark alley. <laughs> And I say that in the uh, in a way that one of the things that uh, Rufus, she actually taught knife skills and uh, Viking reenactment and many different things. So that's what I mean is Rufus is an amazing all rounder and the skill set and what she brings is really, really deep. And talk to me Viking reenactment. What? Yeah, I did that for quite a long time. It's quite interesting, really, because um, in order to come over here to Ireland to visit Regina, um, I was told by my by my guides very specifically I wasn't allowed to bring anything resembling a weapon whatsoever. <laughs> so, <laughs> and they haven't met your sense of humour. <laughs> no. So I was like, oh, okay, you know, because because normally, like on a practical level, if I'm going out foraging or into the woods, I tend to you know, to take a small knife and then you can move, like, cut things off trees and um, stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it was like no, nothing resembling it. No leatherman, no multi-tools, no nothing. So I was like, oh, okay, then, well, we'll abide by that because that's what my, 
guys told me I had to do. So, and actually, that came into play yesterday because, yeah. <laughs> which was actually quite interesting. Um, we visited an ancient site, mm-hmm. and there was an ancient well there, and um, both of us sort of saw red when we saw what was attached to the tree by this well. And um, I had I'd collected some water from the well and I had drummed to honor the ancestors and given an offering. But then both of us just looked at this tree and we said, yeah, we have to no, do I this. Leave it. No, there were, there were a lot of um, face masks tied to the tree and I was sort of sitting there um, watching Regina drum and appreciating the moment. And I was like, they've got to go. I can't leave those there. Um, so in in a way, while I wasn't drawn to drum or tape water mm. from the well, um, what I was drawn to do was sort of an act of service in cleaning that up, really. Um, and litter picking, to be honest, is a thing yeah. I do quite frequently anyway. For me, that's an exchange um, for foraging. Like if I go out into the woods to, to collect various sort of herbs, whatever, um, going back out there to, to clean up the area is it's good Gabriel that's good exchange of energy that's a good thing so it is and there was uh there was junk on this yeah, tree there like was. there was absolute junk there was uh, w- to be honest with you we just focused on removing one thing which was all those disposable mm-hmm. face masks that yeah I cannot understand I really can't how people put this stuff no. on trees as an offering why would you leave a used face mask as an offering Oh, it was just horrible. Yeah. So they came off the tree. We got those. We got rid of those. Yes. But what was actually really funny was in the process of removing them all from the tree, <laughs> both of us looked at each other at the same time saying, those knives would have come in very handy. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> no. Just, just, just when you mentioned it, I was like with my guides going like, see, if you don't let me bring my bloody knives, this would be a hell of a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> and again, you know, we're just mentioning that room. That's Kibo. That's, that's being good. of service. Yes. That's that's an exchange. Yeah. And I know I've talked about it before in uh, some of the podcasts where at times people don't really understand what they're doing. And for me, what my interpretation is by somebody leaving an offering of a face mask that is not going to disintegrate as plastic you're leaving the energy there that's actually going to remain because one of the workshops you thought was actually in making yeah. offerings. Yeah, is, yeah. Talk to me about that. Yeah, I, I do a workshop um, called Creating Natural Offerings, um, which we make sort of items out of um, either clay made from the land itself and um, cordage made from nettle or from lime bast. And, um, sort of infuse those with wildflower seeds as well. And and then you can attach those to trees if you wish to leave an offering and it would just disintegrate and go back into the earth. The clay would go back into the mud and the flower seeds might even sprout. That would be quite nice. And the cordage is made of plant material, so that'll just disintegrate too. And that was kind of because I was going to sacred sites as well and, um, um, and noticing a lot of things that were being left there that wasn't going to biodegrade that was actually doing active harm to places that was doing damage and um, I think a lot of people don't realize that damage that's causing so I kind of wanted to answer that with a practical alternative that also taught some ancient skills in the process so yeah that is is a workshop that I do and it 
Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> it, uh, it is very good. And that's, you know, that's the whole ethos behind it. Whereas people are hanging this stuff on trees without understanding where it comes from and why. And they think they're leaving an offering that somebody's going to take this. Oh, why would you leave a face mask with germs like as an offering? Um, that's not going to biodegrade. That's going to damage the tree. That's also uh, going to hold the energy of that on the tree, which is not going to transmute or dissolve. So that is something which, you know, um, was shown very clearly yesterday, <laughs> which brings me to another point, because when I saw that, that's that annoys me. Right. Same as it annoys you. And then, uh, the, so what are the best lessons you've learned to keep yourself from burning out? Um, I think the best lessons I've learned are probably around knowing exactly who you are and being OK with that no matter what that entails, sort of really going into who your true self is and and keeping hold of that and being all right with that and coming to terms with exactly who you are. Like, you know, we all sort of put on airs and graces of varying descriptions. <laughs> we, we, we all do that. You know? um, and I, I think another big lesson for me was I don't deal well with my own vulnerability and in moments of of difficulty I was extremely reluctant to look to others for help and Regina is one of the people that I have you know asked in times of of, of real difficulty for me um so yeah, that, that was a huge lesson for me because I yeah I'm, I'm like very kind of like I can deal with this on my own I'll be fine when in actual fact none of us can you know we all need other people and we need to have people around us that we can trust and rely on to hold oh. us to pick us back up again sometimes and yeah, I'm not very good at that because I'm, I'm like, yeah, well, I'm too fat, too bitey to need that. But that's not true. That's rubbish. <laughs> we all do. We all need that. We do, so, yeah. and we need people. You, you and I, like, <laughs> we reach out to each yeah, other, yeah. and we've had some amazing times. Rufus is based in England. Yes. Um, and we've had some interesting adventures. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> and that's part of it. Was with regard to how we look after ourselves, one of the things that um, Rufus and I connected, uh, as I say, with her ex-teacher, who was my partner, and it was, I'm trying to find the words here, because we hadn't actually met. I'm going to share how we actually connected. Yeah, okay. Was um, my partner, he was, dying and dying of cancer and uh that was him and he he was in hospital and uh I'd been with him and I knew at a deep level that it wasn't going to be me who was going to sit with him and help him cross yeah. that that was your job yeah that was. that was your graduation it was it was and that was part of that was part of the gay boo with Gary. That, that was that was part of the exchange that I had with him. That he taught me what he taught me, and it was my duty and responsibility to to help him cross at the end. Yeah, that was a that was a part of that very sacred exchange that we had. Yeah, and I uh, I had to return to Ireland, and I walked out of the hospital after saying my goodbyes, which was. <laughs> <laughs> really difficult. I uh, won't go there. And 
realized that I needed to reach out to you because you needed to be there, that that was your graduation. Yeah. And uh, I'd never, we had one or two little exchanges on Facebook. Yeah. We'd never actually spoken though um, over the phone or in person or anything. Yeah. And you just you phoned me from the airport and said, "You need it's time. It's time. <laughs> you know, you, you've to you've yeah. to come over." It was a baton pass, really, and and I, I knew that as soon as you called me, what was what was happening and what was going on. So yeah, we got the got the train up and went and sat with him for three days. Yeah. Yeah, and then I came back over, and I knew I was leaving him in the best hands possible. And again, that was that was the exchange because I couldn't leave knowing that he was going to be there. But I knew you were to be there. But again, in those situations, it's very hard to put into words. It is. It is hard. <laughs> like, um, I I, I, I kind of knew, especially like when he got diagnosed, that no matter what the situation or mm. how this panned out or what happened, I had to be there at the end. That was that was a part that was part of the deal and a big part of it. Um, part of the soul contract yes yeah it was um and i was very grateful that it brought me and regina together because like i said even though you were his partner he kind of kept us apart <laughs> <laughs> it was a, it was a, a, yeah so I, I yeah i was close to him obviously he was a very very good friend of mine but and i knew about regina but it was all very it was it was an odd situation. It was a very odd situation, <laughs> basically because Gary knew he was dying. He basically wasn't going to share me. No, with anyone. no, and he was saying things to me. He was like, "Yeah, you know, come up, come up, come up and see me," but not that time because then Regina's coming. But you must meet Regina, but you can't come on that day because Regina's going to be here. And I was like, "What? Hey, what?" This is okay. <laughs> anyway, so that's the that's the fun aspect of it, but. That's the depth is actually contacting somebody who you've never met, telling them, you know, come on, it's your job now yeah. to uh, yeah. sit with the person you love and help them cross was bloody difficult. But yeah. knowing that I knew with every fiber of my being that you were the one for that. And on a funny note, um, I came one, uh, once he passed, I came straight back over because I wasn't supposed to be there when he passed. Rufus was. And uh, I was back then and um, we were doing our own ceremony for yes, him. We but we met in person for the first time. We went down to a very special spot in the river and we did a beautiful, beautiful ceremony it together. Was, it was beautiful. And it was a very special spot and it was really beautiful. And I really, really, really enjoyed doing that ceremony with you. And it felt it felt right to do it at that absolutely at, at that time but interestingly uh when we did what we had had to do for him on a shamanic level we then i came back to ireland because his family was involved and they had to go through the usual process and um gary came to me in spirit how free he was but he insisted that i put together a graduation <laughs> present for you yeah, yeah. Do you want to describe that one? It's yeah, it was, it was very lovely. Uh, Regina made for me this um, this little teddy bear in a graduation gown um, with a little sort of star necklace that's a uh, best student on it. It was very, very sweet. It was very lovely. And I remember, I remember a very uh, at a, a very difficult moment because obviously we'd both lost somebody that we were very mm. close to and, and and loved. And and you said to me like, you know, don't lose what you've achieved in graduating in grief. You know, and that getting really emotional that was a very special thing to say 
and and I I kind of kept hold of that because um because it was it was a very difficult graduation mm. really I mean yeah you don't I, it was strange for me because I never foresaw a time when I wouldn't be a, be a student I mean seven years is a long time for an apprenticeship and then suddenly as it came to an end it was like okay you're on your own now but not not on my own obviously completely there's um got lovely people like Regina around <laughs> <laughs> but um just sort of have, have gone through that but I, I remember you saying that to me very specifically and and that was a very important a very lovely moment too because it was like you know don't don't lose how important this is for you in in grieving for him because you know that's his path that's his journey and, and he's passed this is where you've got to go from now and this is where you're going on from here so Thank you. Yeah. And I've actually forgotten that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I remember that very, very distinctly, you know. Which is actually quite interesting because that brings me to there are there's advice and things you can do for people. And you don't like there's that's something that I'd forgotten. Yeah. I'd said, <laughs> but it meant so much to you in that moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and that's not belittling it but this is where have you any advice what advice do you have for healers is there any uh any advice that you would have yeah there's a, there's a few things really i i would say um don't be afraid of walking your own path no matter how different to other people's path that may seem because it took me a long time to um accept that the way i do things is different to a lot of people's the way that i connect is different like you know i'll go yeah. and wade out into five degree water and things like that, you know, while other people are going, are you mental, you know? Um, the, the way that I go about connecting and, and the way that I go about my shamanic work is is quite unique, but then everyone's is. But I would say the best advice is, you know, don't ever be afraid to tread your own path with it and to explore and to have a lot of fun as well, because that's a very good way to explore. Play around with things, take ideas and play with them. Don't take any of it too seriously. There and are, don't put anybody on a pedestal. Yeah, don't put people on pedestals. Um, and and you can learn from other people, but that doesn't make them better at it than you are. That means you can collect knowledge and advice and and add them to your thread that you're walking. But you know, do do your own thing and be proud of that, and be proud of the things that make you different to other people as well, because that's all a good thing too. You know, nobody needs a team with everyone's the same. No, we don't need cookie cutter people. No, <laughs> and um, yeah, like I said, I I never connected with that whole kind of. Like the new agey culture of we're gonna sit in these beautiful rooms with the yoga mats. It was like that's that's just so not me. Whereas like tromping through the woods in hiking boots <laughs> in the rain, like, <laughs> give me some more of that. Like, well, we'll be doing that in a while. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when we when we finish that, we will, we will actually be doing that. And that's lovely because you found yourself along the way. You, yeah, absolutely. You found out who Rufus is. You yeah. found out what Rufus wants and. Because of the journey you've been on, you now help other people in that way. And the skills that you bring, because, and I suppose this is it, that it's about finding somebody who supports you and works with you. There are many people out there. I'm blessed with a wide you know, a very wide circle of friends who come from a variety of different backgrounds. And they help support me. And I think that's really, really, really important for the healers out there that you connect with different people that can help you in different situations. Uh, one of the 
Rufus has many, from my perspective, many, many, many talents. But one of our biggest depths of knowledge is actually runes, because I know many people play with them. And I use that term very lightly. But Rufus walks her talk with them. To her, it's a way of life. And I know in the future we will record one of these where we actually discuss the runes and what they mean to you, because some people don't actually realize where they came from what their purpose is, and how they use them. Some people, yeah, use them for divination, but some people hold them like, uh, what was it the word you use? How would you describe it? You were, you were talking about it being signposts. Yeah, so the actual physical rune sets that people tend to have um, are a kind of signpost because the runes themselves are more like a sort of a stream of energy, really, that has a specific signature and a feel and a flavour. And um, so the actual physical rune sets that, you know, that we have are a signpost to look at that stream of energy that is both inside us and outside us at the same time. So sometimes we need to connect in with the part of us that needs a particular thing that day. But, you know, the actual physical runes are, are not that important, really. It's, it's much more about connect a method or they're a signpost and a means of connecting to that energy but there are other ways mm. um and we'll probably get into that more with the other <laughs> oh yeah that we will go deep into um, very much deep into but one of the things that um i enjoy is the conversations we have because that's the beauty is talking to so many different people with so many different backgrounds and the skill set you have it's amazing um genuinely i honor that and to look around and realize that just because somebody is different from you doesn't mean to say their path isn't any less honorable because i honor everybody's path everybody's path is different and it's nice to have have a different perspective because we come at things from different perspectives. We don't always agree. Same as like myself and Abby, we, we don't agree. And that's that's how we learn is by interacting with people who don't have the same viewpoints. Mm. And we can have a discussion. And I know even this morning, for Rufus, this has been really challenging <laughs> for her. <laughs> because one of the things is, um, as, we, as we sit here, um, because... I've had a good teacher in Abby, as in Abby would tell me, stop doing this, stop doing that. Um, you know, you can hear this sound, you can, you can hear that sound. I'm conscious of the fact that uh, Rufus hasn't done this before. So um, as we're talking, her hands are moving and hitting the desk and there, there's noise. So I'm actually reaching out and uh, sort of at times stopping her hands. And um, I'm very honoured that I haven't I haven't been clattered <laughs> <laughs> Whereas normally from somebody who would teach uh, <laughs> the skills that that she has that uh I'm actually lucky to still be alive. <laughs> but I really enjoy chatting to you about this because I think that's important to have with the Healer for Healers podcast is to have people with different perspectives, different yeah. viewpoints. And um, how, if anybody has any more questions or if anybody wants to reach out to you, how do they reach out to you? Yeah, find me on Facebook. I'm Rufus Bear Douglas. I think I'm the only Rufus Bear Douglas on Facebook, so <laughs> I'm pretty easy to find. 
and yeah send me a message i'm happy to chat about pretty much anything really especially if it's cigars and whiskey oh <laughs> yes <laughs> also runes we can talk about runes all day you know <laughs> yes and we will be recording uh, another one of these round runes because uh, as i say i honor the depth of knowledge that a uh, rufus has around runes so as always thank you very much for taking the time and thank you so much for listening to this point and um remember to honor the honor your journey and be yourself Exactly. Because guess what? Everyone else has taken. And I know that sounds trite, but that is the truth, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I I, th- I think, um, like I said, for me, it was especially because I felt surrounded by people who felt very different to me. Their energy was very different. Their ways of doing things were very different. I, you know, that being okay with who you are and how you do things was was a major step. And I would encourage anyone to take that step and just go, this is who I am. Take it or leave it. I'm I'm fine just the way I am, you know. And everyone's a work in progress. Everyone's got stuff that they're working on and healing themselves in the whole time. But you know, just just own who you are, and that's all right. No truer words said. <laughs> and thank you very much for joining me here, Rufus. And thank you all for listening. And uh, we're going to head out in the lab now. So enjoy your day. <laughs> thank you, Sloan. If there's anything in this podcast that triggered you, upset you, or stimulated you to want to know more, if you've got questions, or if you have anything at all that you'd like Regina and I to cover on the show, please write to us. The email is healingforhealerspodcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time.